It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. From the Rose City in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, we are bringing you the latest updates in regenerative and stem cell medicine from around the world. It's Pain-Free and Strong Radio with Dr. Tina Moore. Welcome to Pain-Free and Strong Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Tina Moore, and I am so honored to have my guest today, Dr. Paul Anderson, the one and only, is joining us from the uh, Pacific Northwest. How are you, Dr. Paul? I am really good. Uh, I am here in Seattle, Washington, where we've had uh, a long time dealing with the COVID pandemic. And, uh, and, and just so you know, there's actually three other Dr. Paul Andersons in Seattle. We, oh. we get our mail mixed up all the time. So when you say one and only, it's you have to qualify. It's it's the me one and not the other guys. Well, you're the most famous. And anyone who knows anything knows that you are the, the you're the, well, we shouldn't say the most important one. That's not polite. Uh, in our no. profession, you're the most important one. So <laughs> I'm super honored that you made the time. Paul is my friend and my colleague. He is a naturopathic physician, and he is a great leader to our profession and a great resource to the world. And um, we're going to talk all about the virus, and this is going to be my last podcast about it. So I'm even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're. I get to take you out uh, of of the world of COVID. That's that's great. Let's do it. So, right. <laughs> so uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about you yourself and just, you know, how you came to be the, the one and only. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know what I am one and only of, but uh, so I'm, I am a naturopathic doctor. I practice in Seattle, been here for 15 years, uh, started in Oregon, not far from you, and uh, was there for gosh, 12 or 13 or something. And then I was in Arizona for a while. So um, my practice over time evolved as they do. Uh, I used to do a lot of uh, more general practice. And uh, in the early days, um, I did a lot of, uh, uh, like you do, pain injections and prolotherapy and regenerative stuff. We didn't call it that back then, but that's what we were doing, right? Uh, <laughs> Rick and I. Uh, so it, in the olden days, that's what I was doing more of. But then what happened was because I was doing 
IV therapy and other sort of, you know, kind of on the edge things, at least back then they were, we started to get more people who had uh, either really bad chronic illnesses or cancer. And that became the direction the, that my practice went for over 20 years. So those are still the two areas our clinic deals with and sees uh, cancer and really bad, nasty chronic illnesses, which include infections and autoimmunity and and also know what's wrong with you type of diseases. So um, we've had a lot of experience with that. And one of the things along that road uh, now a few years ago uh, was because of the IV therapy expertise, I got involved in a cancer uh, trial with the NIH that uh, was multiple centered. And uh, I was in charge of the IV therapy for the cancer patients. And it was to see if we added integrative oncology uh, and which was really a mixture of naturopathic oncology psychology acupuncture etc kind of a everything if we added that to patients with advanced cancer would they live longer and um, it, and it was five years and the NIH funded it and we were teamed up with University of Washington and SCCA and and uh, turned out that people did live longer and they had better quality of life so Along the way, I got a lot of uh, not my not just my own clinical, you know, experience, but got involved in research and writing. And uh, I've written one, a couple of books. I've got a new one coming about uh, living a full life with cancer. So uh, I've got that coming. That's awesome. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, I just approved the cover design, and so that that means it's real once you have a cover. Yeah, I've written most of the words. <laughs> Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, th that's kind of led up to here. And uh, so a number of years ago, uh, well, I've always taught uh, our and other professions. So uh, I've always been a teacher to both naturopathic doctors, but acupuncturists and many other nurses, a lot of other professions. And now a lot of uh, medical doctors are wanting to be involved in integrated medicine. So I do a lot of that. <clears throat> and about 10 years ago, I started to move from uh, the broader scope of teaching to trying to train more advanced uh, clinicians. So people already knew the basics, but wanted to go to the next step. So that's, that's, what, it, that's what I do with a lot of my time, except for the last two weeks where <laughs> all I do is talk about COVID on, uh, on podcasts. So, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so other than that, that's, that's my job is educating people and, uh, and helping clinic, uh, uh, clinical management of patients. Yes. Well, you do, you do a lot. You, your book outside the box, uh, when did, when was that published a couple of years ago? It just, oh. yeah, it came out like two years ago today. Oh. Um, uh, and it's, uh, it's done, it's in, I think five or six languages now outside the box cancer therapies. Um, people really like it. Mark Stengler and I wrote it together. Uh, it really just decided we both had, you know, like together, like 50 years of cancer experience and we wanted to put our, you know, what we learned. Uh, so it's gone really well. A lot of patients and families and doctors like it. So the, the new one is, is, uh, called, uh, cancer and then it's living your life uh, while you have it and it's all about the internal journey you go through when you get these you know bad diagnoses that you can't you can't always make wave a wand and make go away so uh yeah so it's uh that's my hobby is writing 
you're your content machine. No, it's a great book. I've had several people walk past that book at my house and say, Oh, I've read that. And these are not cancer people, but they've known someone with cancer. So right. your, book, your book is wonderful. And it's, I have probably six copies at this point stashed everywhere. <laughs> so you literally are everywhere in my clinic and in my house. Well, like, good. Oh, I, I don't know how I got so many, but maybe it's because they're <laughs> <laughs> Only one of them is signed, though, and I need to find that one because I remember when you signed it for yeah, me. Yeah, sa save that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so here's why you're part three and the final chapter of this conversation. <laughs> uh, it happened. I made a video that went viral, and uh, suddenly overnight, everybody decided I was an expert, and I'm not, admittedly. Um, I've been trolled. I've been called a few nasty names. It's been That's been fun. Uh, for telling the truth as I knew it, but you know how that goes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and part one, I had Dr. Heather Zawicki on to talk, and she's an immunologist. And then I, part two mm -hmm. was Karan Krishnan. And I thought that this would be the perfect way to round this out because you have information that the world wants to hear. And also we're going to talk about naturopathic medicine and healthy living. And we distilled down through my podcast, how the virus works and that it, you know, specifically seems to want to latch on to people who have comorbidities, which is a terrible word for saying other reasons of dying, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but we've, we've established that through my Instagram, through my podcast. And now I want to give people more information about what they're hearing out there in the news, about some of the treatments that are out there, as well as just healthy living and how we can decrease inflammation in the body and make us a more antiviral being. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yes. So <laughs> there's, um, I think that's a great place to start. So I think that the most important things are, and everything I'm about to say has, uh, you know, you could footnote or an asterisk that is, um, you can, we all can do all the right things and still get sick with something. But I think the way to look at it is not so much that's a phenomenon we know about. You can be as healthy as possible and get something. I think the other way to look at it, though, is you you can be as healthy as possible and you're more likely to not get things. And so why, as like an old nurse friend was telling me one time, you know, why help out the other side? If, you're, if, if there's things you can do not to get sicker, you know, sure, it's maybe not going to cure everything, but why, why speed up the process? And I think that's the important part is while we're waiting to see how things work out for us, why, why don't we live as healthy as possible? So the things that I think about uh, that I try and do for myself, that I talk to other people about that it's, as you know, from talking to uh, patients, they, they think that these simple things actually don't make much difference or they think they're doing them already or, they just ignore them because it's like, oh, everyone's supposed to drink water or whatever. Um, there's a lot of really good scientific reasons why all the basic stuff like grandma's advice is good. So sleeping enough, uh, sleeping enough has a direct correlation to how your immune system functions. Uh, staying hydrated is not only good for all the rest of the parts of you that need to be hydrated, so you have less joint pain and all that business, but there's two really important things that hydration do. And, uh, and, and those really are focused on immunity. One is your body can't take the trash out from your cells without enough fluid moving in and out of the cell and the area around the cell. So when you're dehydrated, you build up a bunch of junk 
and you build and the pH shifts just a little bit, not a lot, but enough to slow down the junk removal process. That's a very scientific term. But when you are like that, you're more likely then to have virus of certain types will enter your cells more likely when the pH shifts, et cetera. So hydration on its own helps you take out the trash, keep the cells healthier, and uh, keep, keep the pH balance that's always shifting up and down, just little tiny bits doing what it's supposed to, not stuck. So hydration super important. Sleep, as I said, super important. Uh, moving your body. So one of the ways that the trash gets taken out is moving your skeletal muscles around. And um, if you don't do that, your lymph slows down, your cells don't turn over fluid like they're supposed to, all those good things. So kind of the the power couple there of hydrating and moving your muscles around literally helps you stay healthier by keeping the trash out and, and also stimulating your metabolism to be more resistant, et cetera. Um, and then other stuff like, you know, when, when people are scared and uh, uh, frustrated with things and now they're maybe stuck at home or wherever and they're stressed, they tend to eat worse. And like, this is not, this is the last time in your life you want to eat things that weaken your immune system. It's really tempting because everybody's stressed and everyone wants, <laughs> you know, to comfort eat. Um, but but there are, you can look, you know, there's a lot of parts of your immune system. Almost all of them are either stopped or slowed down when you have a big sugar increase, for example. And that's one of the things that people crave. You know, some people don't crave sugar, but most many people do. Uh, so like eating just not in a good way for you is not going to be good. Just the same as not moving and the same as not hydrating. So I think that it's really critical that people remember that this base is what you do, like all the other stuff you might do, whether it's medications or nutrients or other things, if the base isn't strong, it goes into a system that's got holes in it. You know, so all those things are super important and they're real, real basic, sleeping enough, keeping your mind and your body kind of connected and centered, even though the world around you is going completely crazy, which it is. Uh, you know, eating appropriately, staying hydrated, moving your muscles, you know, just, just keeping, keeping the basics going. Cause uh, what I've noticed is in talking, you know, just in my own mind, uh, I, I talk in my own mind a lot, but, but in, uh, you <laughs> know, I, sign I, of genius. Is, is it? Oh, good, good. I, it's also a sign <laughs> of some other problem probably, but, um, but <clears throat> I've had some, uh, you know, uh, physical distancing, like my, my friends will call me now and, uh, one was literally outside of my house and said, look out your, your window. And, and they were in their truck and we had a, we had a get together uh, and we waved at each other. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, um, you know, it's just, it's, this is really wearing us. You know, it's been a few weeks and we can't go anywhere. You know, like this, this one person was, uh, it was their father-in-law's birthday. And I said, well, what? Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you do drop the cake on the front door and run away and... He says, basically, yeah, we left the box with a cake and we called them and then we drove away. 
<laughs> so he says, you know, I, I'm just getting, I'm really getting tired of it, you know, and it's, it's like, it's adding this stress that nobody needs. And, and when you're stressed, you tend to do things that aren't as healthy, right. uh, eating whatever that's not good for you. Um, you know, drinking, whatever is not good for you, whatever. Uh, so I think those are just good things on the, on that base level, just to keep in mind. Well, those are key because, you know, it's terrain versus organism and we need a strong terrain. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's nothing, there's nothing woo-woo about it. It's, you know, yeah. I, I keep seeing, it, well, maybe we could touch on this. I keep seeing posts by scientists that I respect and doctors that I respect saying, saying, you know, there's, just completely discounting food um, because it's being put in the context of food as a cure or eating as a cure or right. what you eat as a, and we need to, we need to dispel that. It's not that black and white. We're not talking about, and, and the questions I'm getting from my 30,000 new followers on Instagram are often like that. It's this cause and effect thing. Like if yeah. I take this, then this will happen. And I, I need them to understand the paradigm we're coming from yeah. better. Yeah, it's, it's, and that is, and you can kind of see where, I mean, I think some of the media backlash against natural stuff is, is a little planned out, but some of it, if you look at it from the point of view of, you know, someone who studies things as a scientist or whatever, they will say, well, you're making, you know, this direct correlation between, oh, you eat better, you're not going to get a virus, or you eat better, and you're going to do this or that. And that's actually not what we're saying. It's, it's a piece of a very giant puzzle. Uh, and so, yeah, no, it's, you know, or, or you take a nutrient, it's going to do this. Well, maybe it'll do that, but maybe it'll just help other things. So I think people need to understand it's a bigger perspective. Um, and if you don't have that base running uh, well, you nothing else you do is going to really stick. Um, and I did, you know, this is something uh, I don't remember whenever the last time we talked, but I can I can't say the name of the person, but I have a, a close friend who is in the uh, more likely to die demographic, uh, so middle to late sixties, and uh, they uh, practice an extremely uh, what I would say is an extremely long term healthy lifestyle. Uh, I've known this person a long time, and they had you know a long time ago. They're in their as I said middle to late sixties now, but in their thirties and maybe early forties, they had some chronic health issues and they really just have had 30 years of just being pretty on it with everything. They tested positive for COVID-19. They got sick, the whole thing. So I was talking to them after it took about two weeks to go through it. And so this, you know, 60 something year old person said, I said, well, was it, how was it? Was it bad? And they said, you know, I felt bad. I didn't want to move. Uh, I did have a cough, I had fever, um, but I took, uh, you know, in addition to their, they have a really clean diet and they exercise all that stuff. In addition to that, I took extra nutrients, um, which you can find on any of the interviews I've done. Uh, if you, people who like podcasts, you can go to the Gabby Reese show and I was on there yeah. last week and I talk about all these nutrients there. But anyway, so she, she said, I took all those anyway, cause because, you know, she already knew all that stuff. And then she said, you know, the other thing that I did every day was, she says, normally I, I sauna, but I started doubling my sauna time. And, and then I did it twice a day. She said, I felt better after my sauna sessions. And she says, I really think I, like, I got better faster because of that. So that's one of those things that you could say, well, 
so now you're saying well, sauna will help. Well, sauna helps right. your body do stuff, right? She already had things that were pretty clean underneath, and she had a two-week illness. She didn't die from it. She didn't need to go to the hospital. She was pretty sick, but she's on the other side, and she's completely healthy now. So I think it does, you know, it, we don't hear these stories. We hear about people who are in hospital on ventilators, unfortunately, and all this other stuff, and, and even younger people, you know, who ought to be healthier, but there's a lot of younger people who aren't that healthy underneath. They, you know, they're young, so they look good, but but yeah. but they're not very healthy underneath. It's, you know, that's a real phenomenon. And and so I think just being healthy is super important and we could spend all the time on it, but I, I think people probably get that. And, yeah. and, and, and I know for myself, like every day, I just have to re-center myself to, okay, now remember, <laughs> you, you, you're gonna need to hydrate today more than you normally do. You're going to need to take your stuff like you do. You need to watch what you're craving and eating or not eating. And, and it makes a big difference. If I go on autopilot, you know, I don't do the right stuff. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's as you so elegantly say, whenever I hear you teach, these things are synergistic. So, yeah. they, you know, they work in harmony together. I, I did a post about getting hot on Instagram and I had people just slay me, you know, yeah. You're saying that the sun kills the virus. I'm like, whoa, I never said anything like that. I just said get hot because I as well was quite ill and fighting something, as you know, and I was doubling up on my sauna and that was what got me over the hump. And yeah. for a lot of reasons that I listed in the post, but what we're trying to say, guys, is it's not black or white. It's not right. uh, this and you'll be saved. It's these things work synergistically together and you yeah. should live and eat and sleep and move like you want to live through this, is yeah. my opinion. So. Yeah. And and even when there's not a pandemic that you, you'd like to live a happier, healthier life. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I, the sauna thing made me laugh because that was one of the, when uh, when I did the Gabby Reese show, her husband, Laird Hamilton, was interviewing me also. And there he's huge into sauna and ice. I mean, he's he's way, way far in the end of the spectrum on heat. And we we just had a discussion about heat and immunity and stuff like that. And and some of the comments from people that were saying, I've now stopped listening because you're saying that, you know, the sauna will kill the virus. Nobody ever said that. It's like, <laughs> it's like they make these leaps that are just crazy. No, you'll, you'll probably be healthier though. <laughs> well, I, I, you know what, Paul, I've, I've been thinking about this because it's happened to me a lot in the last two weeks. And yeah. I, I, mean, I, I literally can't say anything without getting hounded. People yeah. aren't listening. They don't listen when I say I'm not your doctor. They don't listen when I say I'm not giving you medical advice. Um, and they still come at me and I've had some horrible things said to me. And I, I just wonder like if it's not just the medical system in the last few decades, how we've been led to believe that a pill fixes right. a condition. Yeah. And, and, you know, oh, my doctor gave me medicine for my high blood pressure. Now I'm cured. I hear that kind of talk. <laughs> right. And I, but you and I are old enough to remember before that when, you know, doctors are teachers, but they're not give you a yeah. pill and save, it's, you know, change the whole perspective. So, and also <laughs> this stuff doesn't happen overnight. We're just talking about good, clean living. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, we'll, see what the, we'll see what the comments are on this one. And then let's see. <clears throat> okay. So you have been at the forefront of some really important uh, information around that I've seen in the news lately um, around IV vitamin C in the hospital setting. Mm -hmm. as as a adjunctive treatment for this can can you speak on that yeah there you know <clears throat> so i'll try and kind of distill it down so there's there's um 
It started a few years ago where they started to investigate using IV vitamin C in the intensive care system when people had sepsis. So there, you get infection all over, but the infection creates a secondary problem that can kill you. So there's like two ways to die. And they thought, well, one of the one of the big problems might be fixed by giving a slow, continuous IV drip of vitamin C. And what they saw was in, in different formats that worked out, right? So <clears throat> when China uh, obviously was having the first uh, outbreaks in their in their primary epidemic, one of the doctors in one of the bigger hospitals treating a lot of these COVID-19 patients had been doing this type of procedure and others. So they, and, and they were very much, uh, if you really read their research, which is a little bit long and dry, but uh, they're doing all the regular hospital stuff too, but they were having people die. And so this doctor said, well, I've been doing this with septic patients and other stuff. Let's do the vitamin C with anybody who's on a ventilator or anybody who's in ICU with COVID because we don't, we'd like them to stay shorter amount of time and we'd like them not to die while they're here. That's, that was their two goals. So they did a, a three different protocols that were very similar. Um, and in, in an interview with the doctor who started it, and then of course it went to other hospitals, um, they, none of the first group of, of, it was around 50, I think patients died. And that was surprising to them that who were getting wow. IV vitamin C. They had about 350 or 360 patients and 50 of them got the vitamin C and none of those died. And, and of course, there's still, there's not good stats on all the other people, but whatever. So that got their attention. And then they had an instance where a guy was literally dying of respiratory distress in front of them. And this doctor said, well, one time I gave an even bigger amount of IV vitamin C to someone who was really, really sick and it helped. And this guy's going to die anyway. So they gave it to him. And uh, it, they, in the report, it says they, they literally watched his oxygen saturation improve and he got off the ventilator and stopped dying. Wow. So that got their attention. So what happened then was in the U.S., everybody in the hospital system said, well, we've heard about it for sepsis, but we've never heard about it for respiratory problems, IV vitamin C. Uh, so it was a real kind of like hospitals are very structured. You you want hospitals to be structured, but they're very structured in the way they implement stuff. So they don't just start doing stuff because, <laughs> because they heard about it. Right. So everyone is like, well, okay, I heard about it for sepsis. So some of the hospitals that did it for sepsis did start to try it in the U S with uh, COVID patients. So what's happened then is there's been a big interest in it, but nobody in the hospitals really does it. So it's like, there's this knowledge gap. So, a particular um, uh, state emergency response uh, group under a particular state governor, and I'm saying particular because this is not public uh, yet as far as where, uh, but they needed a protocol to help the hospitals navigate if they're going to do this, how do they do it safely, et cetera. And so I was able to get um, into the Chinese hospital systems computer uh, system. And I don't know if the Chinese know this or not, but 
I got in there. Well, partly because they, before they, they published their initial findings, which are awesome. And where I got most of this information, I knew which hospitals were doing it. And so I got in there and then it's all in Mandarin. So I got it translated and I saw that they were working on it. And so when they published their initial findings, I got that translated, went through it and said, okay, based on me doing this for a long, long time, you know, IV vitamin C, et cetera, this is a super safe protocol. And I basically took the, the, the three protocols and said, this would be the easiest for an American hospital to implement. So I wrote up a, a summary for the, the, the government of that state and, and their medical boards and said, here's the early data that says people are surviving and they're in the hospital less time, which is very critical mm -hmm. because if you get a three to five day, which in China, they're getting less hospital time. That means you got more beds for people who need them. You get people off ventilators faster. So that got their attention. And I said, here's how you would do it. And it's, it would be easy for your pharmacy to make. It's easy for your nursing staff to give. Uh, and so what happened from that was while we were working on that, and as anyone who's worked with a whole uh, state bureaucracy apparatus that takes a little bit of time, even in an emergency, other hospitals are now looking at similar type protocols. And, and like there's, I think, three or four hospitals in New York State where they're overrun. And they've started it anyway. They just, they wouldn't wait for the state. They just said, you know, we're going to do it because sure. it, it can't hurt. If we get people out of here faster and more of them live, that's, that's all we want. So this IV vitamin C thing, um, there's a little of the te terminology that's not terribly correct in the news and all that, but that really doesn't matter. Cause if you're going to be getting that, you're going to get it in the hospital cause you're pretty sick. Um, the important thing I think for people to know is it's, a completely safe protocol. Cause I've done all kinds of these type of protocols with really sick people. This particular one that helps people. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When ICUs is extremely safe. It's easy for any hospital to do. And we now, uh, I took the Chinese document, uh, the original publication, and then the English translation, and then the summary, and it's in the public domain now. I just put it out so any hospital can get it. And if they want to do this, and, and what's happening now is, in addition to all the other new phone calls I get, people are now from calling from hospitals and asking. So I think it's really good because it, it is in, in the Chinese uh, sick people they followed, it shortens their stay in the hospital and they're more likely to live and there's really no side effects that are reported. So it's like the, the ultimate add-on. Yeah, they still do all the regular hospital stuff if you need a vent you get an event. If you need other drugs, you get other drugs, but the vitamin C is there in the background, helping your body to actually biologically not degrade. So I think that's important. I think it's the kind of thing where, yeah, you got to be in the hospital to get it. Um, but or, if, or my front room where I've been giving them to myself. Well, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done some, 
I've done some house calls to family members, but, uh, you know, and, and there are, there are some outpatient, you know, areas where people do it and stuff like that. But, but, uh, I'll stick to the, uh, the hospital protocols because, yeah. you know, if you think about it, you know, depending on where the numbers go, there could be a lot of people in ICUs. If across the board, we had a few days less for each pe- person, you know, times, however many hospital beds are, that saves a lot of resources and it gets yeah. people, you know, you, you, the last place you want to be is in the hospital very long um, unless you need to be, if you need to be there, it's the best place in the world, but you still don't want to stay very long. Um, and so if we get people through the process and back home to healing way, way better. Yeah. yeah and not to mention that we haven't, according to what the university of Washington released, we haven't, gotten to mid-April, which they're predicting is going to be the worst spike uh, in hospital being, being over, hospitals being overran by sick patients. And I have had two people I've talked to who were quite ill, quite ill, uh, show up to the hospital, to the ER. They had their chest x-rayed. They, they were not bad enough to be admitted, according to mm-hmm. the hospital. But when I spoke to them on the phone, they were horrid. I mean, I, I, was, yeah. I was concerned greatly for both of them. Um, both have made it through one needed antibiotics because of a secondary bacterial infection, but it's pretty scary. Oh, sorry. It's pretty scary stuff. And I think that a simple safe IV of vitamin C is a wonderful thing for all hospitals to pay attention to. So thank you for doing that work. Anyway, um, we we, we don't want to, we don't want to share too many of your secrets. How about the other (laughs) thing or get anyone in trouble? Uh, How how about the combo, the, the drug combo that I've been reading about, the, the hydroxychloroquine and the azithromycin combo? Mm. How is that working? Is it effective? Is it safe? Uh, how nice are those drugs on the body? What do you think? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think that's another really good, it's sort, of, sort of like between IV vitamin C and then, and then the chloroquine family of drugs, the quinines. Um, that's been huge in the news. And I, I think, I think probably because the, the president announced something about hydroxychloroquine and something else, people are re you know, rewriting that story over and over. I think it's important people understand. And obviously those, those are drugs that require a prescription and you're not just going to like go buy them somewhere. Um, and you shouldn't actually, because they do need to be monitored. Um, but here's the bottom line of the way they work. And the really good news about it is, um, and in fact, the the next interview I'm doing at two o'clock, we're gonna talk a lot about this. So I'll give you the cliff note version. The reason those drug combos work and certain natural things also do the same thing is because they essentially take zinc, which stays usually outside the cell, and it's the way it's charged, it likes the outside of the cell and it can go in, but it needs help. And what these things do is they, they grab on or facilitate zinc going in. And the important thing, so people like, why zinc? <laughs> you know, um, the zinc going in the cell can get in the way of the replication of the virus. And that's the most important thing. Like if you, even if you have a virus, if you slow it down from replicating, you get less sick, right? So people are, and, and what you have to be a little careful with is there, there's people that are claiming 
you know, in their hospital that they've treated, you know, 400 people and all of them got, you know, it's like, well, probably, I don't, I don't know, maybe. Uh, but these things are the same with IV vitamin C. It doesn't, it's not going to work for everybody all the time. But getting the zinc in the cell to slow replication down, uh, viral replication slowing is a timing thing. So earlier is usually better. The drugs, either chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine, these are old anti-malarial drugs, and they're also used for other infections. Um, and they're usually paired with another type of a drug. Now, in Australia, I think, and China, they tried uh, antiretroviral drugs like HIV drugs uh, together with these. Um, there's also azithromycin, which is an antibiotic in these. There's other drug combos. The idea being that they speed up this zinc uptake and slow down the virus. The thing that, that people have to, and, and hopefully any doctor who's prescribing these knows this, but, and they will, uh, the doctor has to monitor you because the more combos you do with the either chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine, the more likely you might have some cardiac abnormalities. So you have to be screened to be appropriate for the drug combo first. In the case of like the Australian version or some of the Chinese version, China, in China, they're using one of every, they're just trying everything to see which ones work the best. Some of the combos are more likely to create like an exacerbation of this cardiac problem. So you, you really need to be monitored by a doctor. That being said, though, it's a great gambit to get the zinc in. Now, I do want to say zinc does a couple of, well, it does a lot of stuff, but with immunity, Zinc floating around in your system, not going into cells, is used by your white, certain white blood cells and other immediate responders just to do their work. So when you get zinc deficient, you're, you're a better target for stuff. So that's one thing, and that you don't need this whole zinc ionophore movement thing for. Zinc in your cells to block viral replication needs a helper. So there's these drugs, and they come. So they come from uh, a family uh, that that was. I mean, this the the medicine's been around for as long as Earth has, uh, and it's a, a cinchona bark. Okay, so they they're the cinchona alkaloids, and so those things gave us quinine, the original drug, and then they made a, a cardiac drug called quinidine, and those were the two original uh, cinchona bark things. If you go back to um, if you're like really odd uh, and you read weird things from old times and you remember weird stuff, uh, if you go back to the time of like the civil war and on and before and after that time, they had uh, these powders that they would give, especially people who, uh, people of means, but really everyone could get it. There were powders they would give them during the winter when viruses were going around. Now, they didn't know what the viruses were, so they had weird names for what they were getting. But these were preventive during flu season. And if you look at most of them, they either have some cinchona bark or, some, or a relative in there along with these other, the powder were all plants, right? And what's interesting is the they, and, and, and again, if they were people of means, they would be eating higher zinc foods, go figure. Uh, so this is like a, a really old gambit around viruses that we didn't know we were doing for about three or 400 years. Uh, so there are other things though, and, and this has caused like big runs on supplements and stuff like that, but they've published it. So it's out there in the public domain. 
Um, the extract from green tea called EGCG, it's a longer name, but EGCG mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the, the, um, the flavonoid a lot of people use for allergies called quercetin. There's a number of other plants things that do this same thing, help the zinc in. So those have gotten out there and people are, you know, kind of freestyling and <laughs> trying those out. Um, but the bottom line is the drug strategy. I think if people are, are monitored and uh, the, the doctors are given, you know, good, like some doctors use these drugs a lot, like in rheumatology and stuff, but a lot of doctors haven't prescribed hydroxychloroquine ever or in a long time. So I think if they have good protocols and management and then they're, they're monitoring their patients, that, that, that strategy could work out really, really well. Um, And, and again, the earlier you do it, the better. Um, And probably the lower the dose, uh, there's different dosing strategies. I don't need to go into that, but, but probably the lower the dose, the earlier, the less side effects you're going to get too. Would these not, and we're not suggesting anyone take anything, but um, most people I found to be zinc deficient in my practice is taking zinc along with this protocol helpful or is being uh, zinc sufficient, helpful walking into this? Yeah. It's um, zinc, yeah, what one of the things that's kind of people are trying to connect the dots with, and so it's one of those where you, you can't say A equals B, but mm-hmm. it, it's suspicious. Um, <clears throat> you've seen probably, uh, be, because of social media, like, God, there's everything, but one of the real common ones is uh, uh, loss of smell is one of the first signs, uh, you know, of bad COVID infection or whatever. Well, zinc is one of the signs of zinc deficiency is loss of smell. There's other signs, right? It kind of makes sense. If you think about it from the point of view, remember there's the the two ways, there's more, but the two big ways it works. One is in the cell to block replication, but the other is a first responder. So if it's cold and flu season, you're fighting stuff off every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just COVID, it's everything else. People are sneezing on you. If you're, zinc is being used, it's water soluble, it's being used up every day and you're not getting a good enough in your amount in your diet, you, you will get functionally or fully deficient over time. And during cold and flu season, you're more likely to because you're using it in your, in your first responder cells. So then you get worn down and you, you get a virus in, it could be influenza or COVID in this case works a little better with COVID. And you need the zinc to go in and stop replication, but now you don't have any or don't have very much. Yeah, you're, you know, you're more, more at risk. So um, you can, uh, another great thing about the internet, and I always tell people to look at at least two lists and compare them is you can see, you can look up high zinc foods, okay, Uh, and get a billion lists. Uh, Look at two and make sure that they sort of match up because sometimes you get crazy people writing lists, but, but look, look for some reputable source like a a lot of these you can find from university websites and they're normally they they know what they're doing uh university of oregon has a really good database on nutrients and where you get them in food and stuff like that um and but ever most universities do so anyway you can look up you know high zinc foods etc and try and make sure you're getting those um and just keep in mind that the normal the normal course of business during cold and flu season is you're not getting most of them. 
but you're burning through water soluble stuff like vitamin C, our body doesn't make that. And so we burn it up and, you know, zinc and most of the other minerals, if we're using a lot, we need more. So get them from your food first and then talk, talk to a health, healthcare practitioner about any other use. Yes. Yes. Talk to your healthcare practitioner. <laughs> yeah. Someone who knows or, what they're doing. Yes. Or not your doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we, yes. I think zinc, you know, as someone who takes zinc every day and who has prescribed a lot of it, I find that zinc, high zinc foods are, are really far more uh, preferred by my body. Like give me a plate of oysters any day and I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> seriously, I get so happy. Yeah. It's a wonderful antidepressant. So yeah, talk to your people, talk to your health yeah. people about your zinc because uh, it's something yeah. that most people could probably use. And it's, you know, I, I think, it kind of goes back to our very first discussion about sleeping good and eating good and all that stuff. If you are mindful of foods that are nutrient. So if you look for high zinc foods, they're, they're, they're not just like, there's not a food that just has one nutrient in it. Right? You're going right. to tend to find a pattern that the stuff that has the most vitamins and minerals and polyphenols are in a group of foods that probably your grandmother told you were good for you anyway. And if you eat more of them, you're more likely to have your levels be higher. Now, if you get really sick, yeah, you know, at, at our clinic, we will give people extra zinc or if it's it, sometimes you're getting, uh, they're getting sick and getting an IV, we'll give them IV zinc, you know, or whatever, but it's better to keep your levels up the old fashioned way by eating and, and keeping it going into your body. Uh, because, that really does work better uh, unless yeah. you get really sick. Yeah. Well, the nutrients in the foods work synergistically again to help you absorb everything better versus just taking a high dose of a nutrient yeah. in isolation. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's, there's good stuff there. Food is medicine. Beef, you guys eat, eat more beef. Vegetarians are usually low, a little bit lower in zinc because they're not tending to get it in their food sources. So animal proteins. Um, okay, cool. I have, we just have a few minutes. I want to ask you some more questions really quick. There has been a lot of talk and a lot of questions coming at me on Instagram of people saying that they're terrified that they had COVID-19 or that they'd gotten very sick, but some have actually confirmed having it. This is from all over the world. And now other family members in their house are coming down with it. And they're saying, I'm terrified of getting it again which you and I know that reinfection with a virus is not always very common. Uh, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. Um, it, so generally speaking, um, viruses that mutate over time, you can get more than one time, but it's usually long-term. Mm -hmm. um, the, and, and, and some of this concern comes from reports from other countries where they've had longer than we have of people saying, well, we think this person had it twice or whatever, right? Now, there's two ways that can happen. One is they never got over it the first time. They just felt better mm -hmm. and their body was, you know, maybe stronger than they thought and was working on the virus. And then, then what happens is you get like this lull in your symptoms, you feel pretty good, and then it hits you again, right? So you're not really getting it again, you're getting run down and it's flaring up because your immune system hasn't cleared it. That happens a lot with novel viruses. So like um, the, the swine flu, uh, the last time I think went around, went around in 2009, um, and uh, I, I had had it in the 70s and I did not like it at all then. And the, the one in 2009, uh, most of us who had had it in the 70s actually were more likely to get it 
and there's reasons for that. But so I got it again, just just because give me a good story, and uh, it 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 had mutated over what is that thirty or forty years? Uh, it had mutated in a way where it had an actual peak, and then a lull, and then another peak, and so you you thought you were dying for four or five six days. You had two or three days where you thought, oh, it's gone. It's just like influenza. It's going away. I'm feeling better. And then it hit you with totally different symptoms and different organ systems the second time, which lasted about another week. And that was very common in people. And it so it wasn't that you actually got the swine flu twice. You actually experienced different parts of its your body working on it. So most people, and you do, of course, if 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 you we're the first one in your family, and let's say you're you're isolated, self-isolated, quarantine, or whatever. It, you can't get away from everyone if you're isolated with them. If you were the first one, you're more likely to be run down, and then the viral load in your environment goes up. It's likely that your body is fighting, you know, their bugs, your bugs, the whole thing. So that's one way maybe we're seeing this. It came back, quote unquote, thing is it was never really gone. The other thing is that this virus according to some of the early stuff the CDC released about the genomics of the virus. And they're not releasing a lot right now more because people were maybe making too grand of jumps with this information. But it, it like novel viruses that we've not seen before in this form. So Corona has been around forever, but COVID-19 is its own thing. It's actually having mutations within its mutations. And so the theoretical concern is, is that if it mutated enough, like it went through a town or even a family or something, it could hit you in a way your immune system wasn't quite ready for the second time. And again, you run down, so you might get it. The bottom line with all of it is you can't control that. We, we don't know enough to know whether the, any of these scenarios or why this happens. What, what you can do is re, when you're, Covering, especially be as healthy as you possibly can and for your health. Uh, I do think people should really consider if they've been sick. With, let's say you had influenza, it wasn't even COVID, and then COVID is going around. You're up for target, right? Look at the things that people get depleted in nutritionally during illness and make sure you're at least eating foods that are high in those things on the other side uh, and or talk to somebody competent about supplements. Um, another thing just really quickly that I've seen that I, I usually like to, uh, either end with or, or reinforce as a positive is it definitely in China because they, they have been, I've been very impressive when, when I break into their hospital computer system, I'm very <laughs> impressed with their, it's so funny to talk about, but usually we're worried about the Chinese breaking into our stuff. And now I, I they're probably when COVID is done, they'll be after me maybe or anything, but uh, it's, I'm very impressed with it. But one of the things that they, they don't, uh, they actually are, are inclusive with is uh, you, you've heard of Chinese medicine, right? Well, it comes yeah. from China, as you might imagine. <laughs> Traditional Chinese medicine is mostly what's practiced there now. There's other forms, but that's the other decision. Um, in the hospital expert panel report, which is written by like a hundred doctors. Okay. So this is not a, lightweight like somebody made it up in their garage report. Uh, they have uh, they have paragraphs on each of the things that they've found to be the best practice. And towards the end, 
they have traditional Chinese medicine and they say, especially for prevention and recovery. Mm. So keeping them out of our hospital or keeping them alive after they leave our hospital. Those are the two big things. And I've talked to people with other, uh, so you can go to other parts of the world. You have Ayurvedic medicine or you have, uh, there are traditional healing uh, things in in uh, the old Soviet bloc com- countries. There's traditional uh, Korean medicine. There's, you know, and here's the thing that I hear from people all around the world who practice these things or who are traditionally trained medical doctors who work with these things with specialists in, you know, Ayurveda or, or TCM or whatever, is if they're in a country where there's not that division between, you know, integrative stuff and allopathic stuff, they say there's there's absolutely no no doubt in my mind that my patients avail themselves of these traditional things do better in prevention or slowing it down and and or recovery and so the cool thing is it doesn't matter what country you're in or what they call the traditional medicine or whatever people are better if they do it right so i always tell people if you like if your body resonates with uh, a tcm traditional chinese medicine practitioner and practice and they do Chinese herbs and acupuncture, whatever they're doing. Um, if you normally get better with those things or stay healthy with those things, they're going to be very useful to you. Uh, if you do things with a naturopathic doctor that does, uh, you know, Western tradition, herbal medicine or other things like that's going to be helpful. Is it going to make you not? No, probably not but it might bring the disease. My friend I was telling you about who should have been in a hospital and never, never there because she was too healthy. Uh, it'll, it, it may be preventive. It will probably disease and it will definitely help you recover. So if you're worried about bounce back infection, stuff like that, number one, look up the stuff that is deplete nutritionally and eat a lot of that stuff. Number two, if you avail yourself of any traditional healing platform, do it. It's, yes. it's that impressive. Thank you for saying that because my video that went viral, I mentioned one herb <laughs> that was listed in these studies that were <laughs> they're Chinese medicine herbs and everybody went bonkers about it and said, well, you know, people are demanding the list of herbs. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not how yeah. this works. That's, <laughs> that's right. It's, I think that's really, really important. Um, it, uh, it I'll, I'll tell you something. I don't think you were there but um because this actually connects up with that um i'm not going to say the name of the herb okay but you and i know which herb you're talking about that made people lose their minds yeah so i was doing um a physician update about covid and we were going through all the the hydroxychloroquine and the zinc and all the stuff right and talking about all these things doctors need to know and things to look at and blah, blah. And uh, it seems like a thousand years ago, it was probably like a week, or 10 days ago. And literally, so people type in their questions and it was very well attended, which was great because a lot of people were interested. At one point I looked and I thought, this is the weirdest question that I've ever seen. And it literally said, have you answered the, and we'll just call it herb X question question mark. And I looked and I thought, my first thought was, I didn't know that was 
a question. You know, it was, it was like, have you answered the meaning of the universe or something? I mean, it was like, this is this big existential question out there in the universe. And it, and, and then I, I've thought about you and your experience and I thought, Oh no, that's, that's Tina's fault. This is all her fault. <laughs> I, I did not use your name in, in the webinar, oh, no. but I said, Oh yes. I said, well, now I'm going to answer Urbeck's question. I, I know you're all, it's all on your minds. Oh, now. My and so I talked about it. Uh, I tried to be, it, it was, it was a little helpful. It was all healthcare people, but I said, it, it's, it's being, uh, medically rational, you know, like you would with a drug or something like sometimes that's a great herb to use. Sometimes it's not yes. people who people with COVID, if it's not a great idea, you shouldn't use it. Yes. <laughs> it's not really a big question here. So I think that it is important. People know, like, it's not about the list of, you know, these six or seven things so much as it is uh, do this stuff. So your body isn't running out of these nutrients and all this stuff. And then if you want to do extra work with somebody who's just good at it and, and, and almost anything you do will be helpful. Based on what all the doctors around the world are telling me, it doesn't matter if it's an Ayurvedic approach or a, a TKM or a TCM or, you know, or whatever uh, it seems to be helpful. Imagine that. Yep. Yep. I know. I had, I had some backlash from doctors. I did not say use that herb. I just mentioned it. one of them. <laughs> I, from the study and and boy have i if oh. i would have known i would have had a slide with you, your picture on it and i would say we need to talk about x herb right now go ask tina yes there's there's a backlash <laughs> i've created i've i here i am here we are creating problems again paul which is, that's, how, that's how we shine that's our that's our strong suit people love us or not um so we just literally have like 60 seconds left i want to make sure the audience knows where to find you if 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 you're uh, interested in finding you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Instagram is just uh, at uh, DRA, Dr. A online, all one word, DRA online. Uh, Twitter is uh, uh, DR Paul Anderson, my full name, and then the numeral one, because there's a lot of Paul Anderson's, DR Paul Anderson one on Twitter. And Facebook is just uh, DRA period online. Uh, so Dr. Anline is usually most workable. And then through those, you can find all the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. And if, you, if you're a doctor or a practitioner, he has a membership as well that we can link through if Paul will let us, uh, if you'd like more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the practitioner thing, we can put the link up. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. It's fun to learn from you. Well, thank you so much, Paul. This has been right. such an honor. And I appreciate you. And stay well, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to Pain-Free and Strong Radio. Grab his book, Outside the Box, and grab my book for free at drtina.com, and we will be back next week. Bye, Paul. Bye. You've been listening to Pain-Free and Strong Radio with Dr. Tina Moore. Dr. Tina offers a wide range of online courses for both physicians and to the public. To learn more or to work with her as a patient, visit her online at www.drtina.com. That's D-R-T-Y-N-A dot com.